0: This is Help From The Line, back with another episode. I'm your host, Tyler. Let's jump into the conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Tonight, I do want to talk about something a bit different than what we've been talking about. In tonight's episode, I want to talk about fire department leadership and the fact that it's not just the leadership, the administration that are are the leaders of the fire service. So a lot of people, when they get into the job, they think that it's only the lieutenants, captains, assistant chiefs, chiefs that are the leaders of the fire service. And that's just not the case. So what I mean by this, and I got to give it to, you know, really the, the chief of the volunteer department that I work for, he is big in black helmet leadership. And I really like that term. I really like the term black helmet leadership. This is saying that any one of us from the day that we step into the fire service can be a leader of the fire service. It all depends on our own personal personas and what we want to do with in our own career as a firefighter, you know? So for me, the majority of my career, I have worked for a volunteer fire department. I have been full time, you know, and I've, I've been part time and, and I'm still part time. And one of the big things is, is no matter what I'm doing, I don't want there to be any separation between people thinking that I'm a full-time guy or knowing that I'm a volunteer guy. We should never have that lapse in job performance for really us to be any different, whether you are volunteer or whether you are full-time. Now, what does that mean when then we talk about leaders of the fire service? So a guy that is is volunteer That knows his craft, knows his craft extremely well, and performs his craft well, is a bit of a leader of the fire service. I mean, he is a leader of the fire service, or she. These are the people that work tirelessly, day in, day out, to better themselves, as well as better the individuals that are around them. And when we look at these types of people, these people that are always working with the new guys, always working to make themselves better, these are definite leaders. You know, these are the people that your guys or girls are going to start to, you know, watch and be around and they they start to kind of, you know, emulate them. They want to be like that person. So, there's there's a couple things that when I was a captain and even now, I liked to bring into the firehouse. I said, "Guys, listen. You have a 12-hour shift or a 24-hour shift." What are you going to be doing that entire twelve hours? Because we're not going to do station busy work twelve hours, and if we're not running calls for twelve hours, what are you going to do with all that all that time? So my big thing was you you're going to take an hour in the morning to do your rig check, make sure that everything is put into place the way that you wanted to be for the day, the way that it needs to be, and setting yourself up for success. For the next hour you're going to be doing kind of the morning chore rotation. So my big thing was the sooner that you got the chores done, then at the end of the day it's just a quick mop up and you're done. Now this didn't have to be, you know, right the the second hour that you're there. I know that du- you know during that first hour, during the first 2 hours, we would get our rig checks done. And then we would spend some time drinking coffee, talking to one another about how things have been going at home, how things have been going on shift. And that does really create a bond with the people that are on shift together. So, you know, somewhere within the first three hours, rig checks would get complete, morning chores would get done, and we, you know, we'd have some time to talk to each other. Now we start our shifts at 6 a.m. So we've gotten all this complete by 9 a.m. So then what do you do now? Well, now you need to work, my big thing, you need to work on yourself. Give yourself an hour to work on yourself. So that could be you're reading a book. You're reading a GEMS article. You're reading a fire engineering article. You are taking an online class. You're doing some CE hours. So these were all things that you know you could do to better yourself. And I really didn't care what it was. Now, most of the time during the day, I had set aside some training for the crew, whether it be we would go through a lecture or you know, we would go outside and you know be doing hydrant operations. Or dry hydrant operations, or we would be, you know, going and doing tours of some of the facilities inside our jurisdiction and getting to know them and getting to know, you know, fire flow through them and where our standpipes are and which way we would stretch the line and, and doing a bit of the tabletop discussions while we're walking through these places. These were things that I love to do with our people that not only bettered them, but it bettered me also into hearing these people's, you know, thoughts on. Here's what we're doing, and here's why we're doing it. And I really liked that aspect of being able to fully communicate with the crew that I was on with and get to know what, you know, where their mind was, where their thought process started and ended, and some of the ways that they would think of, well, maybe this would work a little bit better. And knowing how they thought really did help me out then in running calls with these people and knowing where their thought process was. So on, you know, on the other side of this, I met a lot of people that were extremely extremely good at working on that self-improvement. And when people would see them around the firehouse working on themselves and, you know, throwing ladders, Or going, you know, grabbing the utility and going for a drive around the jurisdiction to know this place or that place or an easier way to get here. You see these newer guys and even some older guys start going, wow, maybe I should be doing that also. These are the true black helmet leaders of the fire service. It's not people that are in a position. So they're a leader just because they have to be a leader. These are people that aren't in a position and they are doing, you know, the best that they can for themselves. And in that working, they're doing the best that they can for really the people around them. And I mean, this is, it's incredible to watch. Guys, if you are an officer, sit back and watch some of these black helmet leaders in their day to day operation. They are going to show you things that you would never guess. They are going to show you ways to lead your people that you would never have thought of. And that's not saying that you, before you became an officer, weren't in that spot that they are. What it is, though, is that those people are more connected to your line guys at this point in time than you are as an officer. It's not that you're a bad officer. It is just that you, being in charge of those guys, aren't as connected to those guys as you once were when you were one of them. And I know that that's a hard piece of information for a lot of people. A lot of people that are officers like to think that they are still fully connected with the people that are underneath them, but you are not. There are just times now where those people don't want to come to you with things because you are their superior. Where they would have come to you with any problem under the sun when you were one of them, now they're not coming to you as much. And that's okay. That's part of the progression from firefighter to officer. When you become promoted, people don't talk to you as much. It's okay. It's not your fault. It's not their fault. That's just how it works. These black helmet leaders, these these are the initial leaders of the fire service. They are going to teach people things before you even lay your hands to them as an officer. So what do these people do? These are going to be your initial peer support people. They are the first people that your firefighters are going to reach out to if something's going wrong. It's okay. That's what they're there for. They are going to be the people that are, are, you know, working hard to better themselves. But in that same time, they're going to work hard to help other people get better. Also, these are going to be guys that, you know, they have no problem going out in the bay and doing two minute drills in the middle of the day with the new guy, because that's what the new guy needs. Now, they're not going to stand there and just watch the new guy do it. They're going to put the new guy to the test. And they are going to be challenging that new guy to see if they can beat him. And really, it's going to be to make sure that that new guy doesn't beat them. And that process just continues and continues and continues. These are the guys that have no problem with going out in the bay in the middle of the day and waxing the truck. And in that time waxing the truck, when the other guys go out there with them, they start to spark up a conversation. Maybe it's about a recent fire that you guys went on, and they start this little firehouse critique of the incident. And, I mean, listen to those guys. I, myself, before I became an officer, was in that same role. I like to think of myself as a black helmet leader. Anytime that someone wanted to do something, especially someone new, I had no problem taking them out and doing it, whether it be You know, an EMS thing or a fire thing, it was no problem at all. And this is just kind of that mentality that you get from these guys. Now, quite a few years ago, I, you know, I took some really great leadership classes. One of the best was John Maxwell's 21 Laws of Leadership. The Ohio Fire Chiefs Association made this book into a fire service related topic. The initial book. Is not fire service related, not at all. It talks about, you know, some owners of some bigger companies and how these people, you know, really are for the people that are under them. And then what happened was in making this training course, they designed this training course to be focused on the fire service. I was a brand new captain at the time when I went and took this course. I had not yet been shifted into that captain mindset. And this course didn't allow me to shift into a negative captain mindset. And, and that's what a lot of us can do. A lot of us jump into that, I'm in charge now mindset. What this class did for me is it still, it you know, it, it allowed me to know that I was in charge, but it made the driving force the people underneath me. And what I mean by that was that this course did not focus on you as the captain or you as the leader. What this course did was it focused on the people underneath you and how you can bring them up with you. So what are the, these 21 irrefutable laws of leadership? And let's kind of just go over a quick synopsis of them. You have the law of the lid. What this is, is it says that your leadership ability determines a person's level of effectiveness. The second law is the law of influence. And it's saying that the measure of leadership is influence, it's nothing more or nothing less. Number three, the law of process develops daily, not in a day. This is that you have a process with your leadership, the law of navigation. And that anyone can steer a ship, but it takes a leader to chart the course. So this isn't about just the navigation of steering this ship. It's the navigation of knowing what your course is going to be and continually charting that and moving forward. The law of addition, it's adding value in serving others, not just being there and saying that you're serving others. You must add value in your daily work. The law of solid ground. Trust is the foundation of leadership. Your people must trust you. Never break that trust with the people underneath you or above you. If you are a black helmet leader, remember this. The law of solid ground. Trust is the foundation of leadership. The law of respect. People naturally naturally follow these leaders that are stronger than themselves. When they gain a respect for somebody, you black helmet leader out there, When someone gains their respect for you, they are going to follow you almost anywhere. That is a good thing because people will naturally gravitate to you. They will naturally gravitate to the people around you. And that is the law of respect, the law of intuition. Evaluate everything with a leadership bias. Never let that guard down. No matter if you're a a captain, no matter if you're a chief or a black helmet leader, You must evaluate everything with that leadership bias. You must say, what is the best for my people, for the people that I lead? Never what is the best for me. Leadership bias means what is the best for your people, not necessarily you. The law of magnetism. Who you are is who you attract. There's always that thing, you know, opposites, you know, opposites attract. Let's talk about magnets, that is what this means. Who you are is who you attract, not necessarily what type of leader you are. Who you are in your realest times is who is going to follow you at the end of the day. The law of connections. Leaders touch a heart before asking for a hand. Show your people that you can do it and that you are going to do it alongside them. Before you go tell them to do it, get to know these people also, build that connection with these people on a personal basis, and then, then, you know, start to ask them more, ask more of them, but you have to have that connection first. The inner circle, who is in our inner circle, their potential, a leader's potential is determined by those closest to him. What circles are you part of? This could be, you know, you sit on a training committee or, you know, you were a big influence in something that happened on your department and who is around you when that stuff happens? Who is your inner circle? And those people are going really to determine your potential. If you have someone that is in a great influential leader that is in your inner circle, you you know, have the potential then to be this great leader because of who's in your inner circle. The law of empowerment. So this is not, you know, this isn't your empowerment. Secure leaders give power to others. That is a huge statement that secure leaders give power to others. And this is the law of empowerment, because when you were able to empower somebody else, when you are secure enough, when you black helmet leaders out there are secure enough to be showing everything that you know to the people underneath you, that's the law of empowerment. You are empowering the people underneath you to push themselves and push that glass ceiling. Break it. That's the next thing. Don't just empower them to push it, empower them to break it, because when you are secure enough to empower them to go beyond you, that's what makes you a great leader. The law of the picture is the law that's number 13. People do what people see. Wow, even better. So, you're going to hear, and I'm sure that you've heard it before in the fire service, do as I say, not as I do. But what are people going to do? People are always going to do what they see. That is, it's, it's, you know, 101 in life. You're never just going to do what you're told. You're never going to be told by somebody, hey, I know that you saw me do this, but don't do that. Always do as I say, not as I do. Anybody in life, look at children, for instance. Children do not always do what you tell them to do, but they will always do what they see you do. Same way in the fire service. If you're a leader out there and you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing, but you're telling your guys to do as you say, not as you do, shame on you. They are always going to end up doing what they see you do. Be that example. The law of the buy-in. People buy into a leader. Then they will buy into what the leader is selling. So no one will ever be told from a leader that this is what they want to do, and they'll follow that leader before they have buy into the leader. Does that make sense? So people must buy into you as their leader before they're going to follow you anywhere, before they're going to follow the vision that you are selling. You must get these people's buy-in. If you don't have it, they won't follow you anywhere. Your vision will lay flat on the floor. You have to let people buy into you. The law of victory Leaders find a way for the team to win, not the leader to win. Listen to that. Because if every time your team gets a victory, you are the one that's standing at the podium accepting that victory. Shame on you. That is not good for your team. When your team does something right, let that go to the team. You black helmet leaders do it every day. Every day, every day you're out there teaching new people new things and how to be better, but you are not taking the credit. I know a lot of officers out there that their team does good and they do not want state claim to that credit. They don't want say my people. They don't at all. When we look at teams as all-inclusive... You know, so there's that saying, and I'm sure a ton of you have seen it a million times build a team so strong that nobody knows who's the leader. And that is what this is. Let your team win every day. Anytime your team does something good, you make sure that your team is recognized for what they did good, not yourself. Never put I in front of a sentence when you're talking about what your team did. I is a bad word. We. Our, don't ever use my, we, our, those are your two best friends. And that is the law of victory. Let your team have those victories. The law of the big mo, momentum is your best friend. If you can start that ball moving and continue it moving throughout this time, that's a law of momentum. Black helmet leaders, you have it. I've seen every one of you have it. You are the people that continually have that momentum going and that's why people follow you. That's why they flock to you. You are like their savior walking on water when they first get there because your momentum is already moving. You're helping these people every day, all day long. You already have the big mo down. Now, when you become a captain, don't Let that slow down. When you become, you know, a lieutenant, a captain, assistant chief, when you become a chief, don't let the big mo stop. Because when you do and you start focusing more on only your little inner bubble, those people aren't going to want to follow you anymore. The law of priorities you got to understand that activity is not necessarily accomplishment. You have to be able to prioritize as a leader the law of sacrifice. You must give up to go up. I was so glad that I took this class when I just became an officer, because this is huge. You have to give up to go up. So what does that mean? That means there are times and things that you are not going to be able to do anymore. And that's why you're moving up. Some, you know, some things, whether it, it be operationally, you're just, you're not going to do them anymore. You have to give that up to go up. You cannot be that, you can't, <laughs> let's, let's, let's look at it this way. When you are that black helmet leader, or even when you're not, when you are a firefighter, when you are a line guy, where do people want to be? A lot of guys want to be on the nozzle. That is where they want the knob is their thing. I always said, let them have it. I didn't always like being on the hose line. That was never really my thing. I I was more of a SAR guy. But when you move up, when you get promoted, you're generally not going to be that nozzle guy anymore. And you have to give that up to go up. You have to give up that knob to move up in position on the truck. Now, where are you? Let's say you're a truck lieutenant now. Now, your job is not jumping on that nozzle and moving in. Your job is to be you know, behind your guys or being that first interior command guy, not being on the nozzle. Then we got to look at the law of timing. So what is the law of timing? When to lead is as important as what to do and where to go. So timing is just knowing when you need to be a leader and when, when you need to be in front of that group leading or when you need to tell that group to go do something. It's all about timing. You got to make sure that you pick the right times to be in those different roles as a leader. Explosive growth. This is law 20. Explosive growth. To add growth, leaders follow. To multiply, lead leaders. So to add growth, you want to follow. To multiply, lead leaders. I know that's kind of confusing. So what this is saying is when you want to add that growth in, you got to follow. So if you want to get better as a leader, you have to follow. Even though you're a leader, you have to follow somebody. You have to make yourself better. When you want to multiply, you have to lead the leaders. So what that means is you have to become that moving force that's pushing forward and leading the other leaders around you into making that forward progressive push. That's how you get explosive growth. Next, the last law, we look at the law of legacy. And what the law of legacy states is that the leader's lasting value is measured by succession. A lot of us, when we become leaders, we do not think about succession. And what this is, is we have to be able to train the people underneath us to do our job. And a lot of people find that as being hard. It's hard to teach somebody how to do my job, but that is succession. That is the law of legacy. What you optimally want is you want to be able to teach somebody how to do your job better than you can do your job, and when it's your time to step out of that position, there is already someone fully trained and able to take your position. The Black Helmet leaders do this every day, when they are generally just teaching people how to do the job. Their attitude and their personality is ringing so loud in that firehouse that they are teaching these guys that are underneath them how to be better than them and how to teach the guys that are going to be coming in next. You black helmet leaders are pushing the force of the fire service forward day in, day out, 100% of the time. And what you're doing is even then, even though at this point in time, you may not realize it is that these people that are coming up underneath you, you are teaching them to do this job that you are doing. Now think about that and think of how good that feels. Guys, you are teaching these people underneath you to do the same thing that you are doing now. 10 years from now, where do you think you are going to be? And where do you think these people that are, you know, your guys underneath you, where do you think that they're going to be? One, right now, you're all black helmets. You're all firefighters. Where in 10 years, you might be a lieutenant or a captain. Where are they going to be? They're going to be standing in your shoes. They're going to be the guys that have five or 10 years experience on the job that haven't been promoted into an officer position, but now are leading the way on the floor. They're leading the way on the ground. And that has to be a good feeling to anybody. I've seen guys come up in the firehouse where, you know, I was that black helmet leader. I was that guy that was making the push for them to be the best that they can be. And I look at them now and they are doing the exact same thing this is a great feeling because I succeeded in my job when they were new as showing them the ropes to where now I sit back and I can see those guys doing the exact same thing. Now, when I was a captain, yes, you have to change that attitude a bit. You were no longer that black helmet leader on the floor of the firehouse. Since, you know, stepping down from my captain's position, I've had a lot of people come up to me and, you know, wow, you're not as much of an asshole as you were when you were a captain. Well, that's, and it's not that I was intentionally trying to be an asshole. No captain intentionally tries to be an asshole. Let's put that, let's put that forward right now. What happens is, is these guys have to see the line and they have to draw the line in the sand from where their friendships were. And, you know, who they were as firefighters versus now who they are as officers. If that line in the sand is not drawn, things become extremely complicated. Because now, as you have to reprimand friends, it it, it is extremely complicated because now, even when you're outside of work and you're still hanging out with those people, it it just doesn't always work out that way. So you, you have to be able to draw that line in the sand, and yes, you are going to look like an asshole, and you are going to lose some friendships when you become promoted into an officer position. It's how it works. If anyone tells me that they became an officer and they never lost one friendship over it, I'm going to tell you that that's bullshit and that you just lied to me. It, you are always going to lose at least one friend over your promotion. It sucks. Unfortunately, that's just the way that it goes. Now, one of the things that that I always said, though, as you work your way up that ladder, be careful on who you step on on your way up that ladder because on your way back down, they might not be there to help you out. The same thing goes, though, as you are a floor guy looking up that ladder. Just remember you cannot bend a rung that you have never stepped on. So be careful about criticizing who is above you and what they're doing when you yourself have never stepped into that position. That's just some words for the wise. I was kind of the same way, to where as a floor guy, I was very big on teaching the people under me, teaching some of the people even that were in, you know, ahead of me as far as we were all still you know, line guy firefighters. But there were times that I was very, very into criticizing the officers that were above me because I didn't agree with the things that they were doing. When you end up at that level, you start to realize that the things that you criticized these officers for, one, you are yourself are going to start getting criticized for the same things from the people underneath you, but that some of these things just can't be changed because just like you have never been in those shoes before, they have never been in the shoes above them before. There are things that can only be changed from the very top of the department and move down. You cannot always change the things that are above your position. So there are going to be things that are above you, above the captain in front of you or the lieutenant, you know, above the person that's above them that comes from the very head of the department and those people that are directly above you, that it is so easy for you yourself to criticize. They just can't change it. Because changing it would, co- would have to come from a position that's way higher than theirs. Those are just some things to remember. Because as we don't remember those, and we like to criticize those uh, you know, ahead of us, when we step into those positions, then it just makes us hypocrites because us ourselves can't change those things. So as a black helmet leader, one of the things that I challenge you to do is to have some very open conversations with the lieutenant or captain that is ahead of you. When you and that officer can have some understanding between you, know, you who is probably one of the senior line guys, and him, who is the officer right above you or her, When there's some understanding between those two positions, you guys can create a very decent working relationship because that officer needs to understand that at this point in time, you were the one that's closer to these people underneath him than he is. And with that, you can help facilitate you as that black helmet leader can help facilitate some of the things that, you know, need to be done with building that relationship with the officer that's above you. I get it. There are times in the fire service that we are not always going to agree with the agenda of the people that are above us. Don't ever flaw your own morals just because of this relationship between you and that officer, you still have to know when to say no. And you, there are going to be times that you still challenge, you know, that officer. Be professional about it. That is the number one thing. If you are ever going to challenge an officer that's ahead of you, be professional about it. Another word of wisdom is always bitch up, never bitch down. You don't ever. Want to go to the new guy and bitch about things that are above you or things that are going on. It looks bad, and it really, really creates bad morale. Always bitch up. Never, never, ever, ever bitch down. Those are, you know, that that one piece of advice is one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give everybody you know even as as a captain especially so let's take let's take these line guys out of it you officers i'm talking directly to you as a lieutenant never bitch to your firefighters you can be honest with them you can be open with them never bitch to them always take that complaint and move forward move up with it never down Lieutenants, bitch to your captains. Let them know that you and your guys don't agree with this. Don't ever, when there is some bad blood or or a bad conversation that goes on between you and the person above you, never ever go to the person that is below you with that conversation. Now, captains, assistant chiefs, you guys also, bitch up, don't bitch down. But there are some times in that inner administrative circle that you guys can complain and bitch to each other when you, you know, you are going to go from assistant chief to captain or, you know, battalion chief to captain. There can be some inner complaints there, but make sure that you keep those within that officer circle. Your guys that are below you do not need to know the troubles that are going on in that command staff. It starts to create some distrust in the command staff that is operating and when that happens your entire operational relationship will start to break down when the line guys don't trust the officers there becomes a problem you get you know maybe some more guys that are on that rogue side of they're going to do what they think is right they're not necessarily going to listen to you and that can create some problems so always bitch up never bitch down because you do not Want to break the bonds and that relationships, the, you know, the those those working relationships that you have with your guys below you. At that point in time, you know, operationally, whether it be day-to-day operations of just things that go on in the firehouse or actual things on a fire ground, operationally, things are going to break apart. You have to keep that moving forward. So you know, what have we learned from this? We really just talked about the chain of command. That's all that it was. The chain of command flows up. So information flows down. Bitches flow up. Complaints flow up. And the only thing that flows down is information. Remember that. Information down, complaints up. Firefighters, you have a problem complain to your lieutenant lieutenant if you can't fix it go to your captain captain if you can't fix it go to your battalion chief you know and it continues up battalion chief to district chief district you know district chief to assistant chief all the way to the top if that's where you need to go it always goes up one level if that person cannot fix it then it gets pushed to the next level if that person can fix it it gets stopped right there What we don't ever want to see, and we just kind of went over it, what we don't ever want to see is, battalion chief, you have a problem, and you did take that one higher, but it didn't go anywhere, so instead of you jumping then a chain up, you know, and how that works, all the officers, all the people in the fire department should know how that works. Instead, you go down and your battalion chief complains to the captain, but we don't keep it inside that inner circle. And it leaks then from captain to lieutenant, from lieutenant to firefighters. And now you have, you know, your lieutenant telling your firefighters all these problems that are going on in the upper command staff. That's where problems start. So just keep that in mind as you're going on and on, you know, with your leadership job. Also, keep in mind that you do not have to wear a colored helmet to be a leader in the fire service. If you are all about bettering yourself, bettering others, and continuing to move forward, you yourself are a fire department leader. You don't have to wear a red or white helmet or, you know, I'm sure that other departments have different helmet schemes than, than that. You know, in my full-time job, we had black was a firefighter. Orange was a senior firefighter. Red, you know, was like lieutenants and captains and, the, and then whites were were chiefs. You do not have to have a helmet that's a different color than what your lowest ranking guy is to be a leader. I I cannot stress that enough. You do not have to hold a title other than firefighter to be a leader in the fire service. We see this every day when we come into shift at the firehouse. We see guys that are black helmet leaders, as I like to call them, that are making strives to push people, to, to make people better, to make themselves better, and always looking at what is best for the that team of guys, always looking out for their shift. These are the guys that you know are going up to the lieutenants and going up to the captains and saying, hey, can we go out and do training today? Because... Joey over here has two years on the job, and I really want to go over this with him, but I need the whole crew to do it. One that not only pushes him to be better, it not only pushes the new guy to be better, it incorporates the entire shift into that push for, you know, push to be better. So now you're not only pushing yourself and one or two other people, you're pushing your entire shift. And motivating your entire shift to be better. I mean, this to me has always been been something that's great. This, guys, is the law of influence. These guys' leadership, they already have influence. If you are going to be able to influence your entire shift to go out and better themselves, we can already measure that individual's leadership by their influence. And that's law number two, the law of influence. The true measure of leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Guys that are you know, in, in uh, the officer positions now, remember that, know who these people are. Know who these black helmet leaders are get these people involved involve them more in what is going on these are the guys that you want to help lead your you know your peer support groups for for any you know stress incident stuff that you have going you know these are the guys that that are going to know what's going on with everybody in your firehouse and everybody on that shift you know these are the ones that you want to start training to do your job you know, so those are the people that you want to exercise the law of legacy on. You want to start training them to succeed you because they already have the makings of a leader. They're already pretty much doing your job without the administrative hassle that you have. And there are going to be guys, you officers remember this. There are going to be guys that have a higher influence with the firefighters than you do. Do not get mad at these people. It is going to be very easy to do. It's going to be very easy to get upset at these people because you feel that they are undermining you. They aren't. They just have a better connection with the people than you do. So this is where maybe instead of getting upset with these people, you need to start talking to these black helmet leaders more to see what is needed of you from your guys. There's nothing wrong with laying down some guidelines. That was one big thing that I did with a lot of people when I became an officer, is I sat down and I listened to their expectations of me, and I also gave them my expectations of them. This created a mutual understanding of me as their officer, them as the line guys, and what we could expect out of each other. It was not a power play for me to become a captain. A lot of guys use it like that. I get that, but it it should never be used that way. My thing when I became a captain was to be an advocate for the guys underneath me and to be a channel of information. Remember that you want to be an advocate for those people under underneath you and a channel of information. That is why Being able to sit down with these people, and a lot of people, I did it on a one-by-one basis when we were having bumper time in the morning, when we were, you know, between that time of us doing our rig checks and us, you know, doing the morning chores, is when I sat down and asked people, what do you expect of me as an officer? And I would sit and listen. Do not even open your mouth during this time. Let them talk. They have the floor. Ask them, hey, I get it, I'm your new lieutenant, I'm the new captain, I was just promoted. But I would like to ask you what your expectations are of me while I am in this position. Don't say a word. Acknowledge them, you know, nod your head, listen to what they're saying, and actually listen. Mean it that you are listening. When they are done speaking, you thank them. Thank you for being honest with me. I am glad that we are able to have this conversation. Now, I do want to talk to you about what I expect out of you. And tell them. Don't don't say it in in a demeaning way. Tell them your expectations. And it can be simple expectations, guys. I expect you to get to work on time. I expect you to, you know, give your one hundred percent on a fire ground. I expect the station chores to be done. I expect, you know, expect your rig check to be done within the the first hour and a half of you getting here. <clears throat> when you're in here on my shift, you know, I expect you not to sleep during the day. Here are our working hours. I expect us to go do, you know, this many trainings in a month. They don't have to be big expectations. You, you sometimes it's hard to require big expectations of these people. Keep it simple. But let them know how you want things ran. You know, how you want to run things. I want to see you all in uniforms. I don't want any boots untucked. I want everything cleaned. I want everything pressed. That's okay to tell these guys that that's what you want to do. And just as you sat and acknowledged their expectations of you... They will then acknowledge your expectations of them. If you need some clarification, allow them to ask clarifying questions, just as you know, you would be able to when, when they told you what they expect out of you. And, and allow them to ask questions. Do you have any questions? And as they bring up questions, answer them. If they if someone asks you a question that you get stumped on. You know, be be honest about that. I'm not sure. I will get back to you by our next shift. Give them a time. Make it that smart, you know, that smart goal. Give them a time. Make it specific. Make it measurable. You know, so tell them, I'll get back to you by our next shift with the answer to that. Write it down. Take a notebook to work with you. Grab one of those little notebooks, you know, with with the little spiraling on top, keep it in your pocket. If someone comes up and asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, write down the date, write down the time, write down who asked the question, what the question is, and make a little note to yourself about what information you need back from it. Then write when this answer is expected to be back to that individual. When did you tell them? Now, if you tell them, I'll get back to you by the end of the shift, you better get back to them by the end of the shift. Because... When you do not, you're telling your people that you cannot keep goals, that you are bad at time management, and also that you are bad at doing what you told them you were going to do and when you were going to do it. This is leadership 101. If you tell someone that you're going to do it, you're going to do it, and you're going to do it in the time that you said you're going to do it. These guys that are on your floors, these black helmet leaders, they already understand that. If they tell somebody, hey, at two o'clock today, we're going to go out and train at two o'clock. I guarantee you they're going to have their, you know, their gear out of their lockers up by the trucks or or loading it into the trucks and they're going to be getting ready to go train or they're going to be coming to you, knocking on your door and going, hey, Cap, you know, we're heading out to train. When they do that, when these guys come and they they knock on your office door and they say, hey, Cap, we want to go train, get off your ass and get out there with them. Too long have I sat around the fire service and been around the fire service and seen the firefighters go out to do training and the captains and the officers don't do anything. You are telling every guy underneath you that you are better than them and you do not need to work alongside them to get better. Anytime your guys go out to do training, you get off your ass, put your gear on, and do the exact same thing they are. You are not better than them. Don't ever think you are. Don't ever think that the color of your helmet or the color of your badge or your number makes you better than anybody else because at the end of the day these people had the exact same chance of scoring the same way on the promotional test that you did you just scored better always remember that guys to be a leader in the fire service you have to lead you do not push if you push your guys won't trust you and trust me they will turn around and push you right off that ledge but if you lead them, if you stand in front of them and go running in the door first or out of the door first or running to practice first, they will follow. You know, I bring up this training for a reason. <clears throat> you know, this fact that when, when we go out to training, the officer needs to train with them because for many many years i have seen you you know during training at the firehouse the officers don't even put their gear on they stand around they drink coffee and they they watch their guys go to work training and they don't even pay attention to it they're not there to offer any advice they're not there to help these people out They're there to socialize with each other, and that's it. And that's not fair to the guys that are there doing the training, actively participating, to stand around and watch these officers, you know, have that persona of, I'm better than you, I don't need to do that. And the biggest thing that happens then is that trust gets broken. These guys no longer support the officer circle and that trust starts to break down. You know, law number 7 was the law of respect. People naturally follow leaders stronger than themselves. But if you as that leader are not working alongside these people, you've broke the law of respect. You are showing them that you are not stronger than them and they will no longer follow you. That I mean that that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty blunt. And it, but it is Damn truthful. Get out there with your guys. Show your guys that, you know, show your shift that you were there to do the exact same work that they are. And they'll follow you anywhere. They will do anything you ask them to do. Last year, I was still a captain. And we had hose testing. To do. We had a ton of hose testing to do. And, and here's what I did. I came in. It was a Saturday shift. And I went to the crew that morning. We got our rig checks done and I I brought them all, you know, up in the front of the band. I said, Hey guys, listen, here's what we need to do today. Is anybody opposed to that? If anybody's opposed to that, you are 100% allowed to stay here. I already had this on my agenda to get done. You know, I already have a couple guys from off shift coming in to help. If this is not what you want to do. You are 100% allowed to stay here and me and these guys that are coming in from the off shift will go and, you know, I will meet you on scene if we get anything. And right there, that meant a lot to these guys. And they expressed to me like, wow, you know, that's never happened before. Usually we're just told, Hey, here's what you guys are going to go do. We're never actually asked if that's what we want to do. And I explained to them, well, this was my thing. This was my agenda. And I wasn't pushing it on you guys. Now, the next thing that I do anytime that we're doing a training is I always lay down, you know, we always have a safety brief. That is always the first thing. So when it comes to hose testing, you know, safety brief is, Hey guys, I just want to let you know, you know, all of us are going to have radios. Things get loud around the pump. We are running the pump at 300 PSI, which is way higher than most operating, you know, hose pressures. So everyone have a radio, everyone keep it up, and, and here's what goes on now. If a hose breaks, someone yells stop. Doesn't matter who yell stop, we are going to hit the emergency stop on the pump, and we're going to shut the truck down. <clears throat> if at any point in time you feel unsafe, you say so, we stop, we shut the truck down, and we circle back up for another safety brief. We check and see what the problem is how we can address that problem, how we can fix the problem, and then if it's safe to move on, we'll go back to work. If at any point in time someone just wants to discuss something, feel free to come up to me. We'll talk about it. If you have a better way to do it than I do, we will explore that route and we will, we will do it that way. And then at the end, does anyone have any questions, comments, or concerns? And if someone does, we sit and we talk about it. So then after that, we would, you know, we would go to work. And I would never stand around and watch these people work. I was usually the one that was out testing the hose, breaking them down, stretching them out, writing the numbers down. I, it was very rare that I was the one that just stood at the pump. You know, so after after you test the hose, you know, I was breaking down hose lines. I was walking out hoses, and I was a captain. You're never. You are never too big to do the work with your people. Firehouse leadership 101. Get out there, do the work. I don't care how many years you have on the job. Never tell your people or never show your people that you are better than they are because you have 15 years on the job. That doesn't make you better. That just makes you more experienced. Just because you're a battalion chief doesn't make you better than your people, it just makes you more experienced. Yes, you might have some more knowledge, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be out there doing the same thing that they are. That's my biggest pet peeve of the fire service is when an officer thinks that they are better than their people, and when their people are doing in the work, they're staying in there drinking coffee. That's not okay. Get in there with your people, get your hands dirty. Show them that you can do the work too. Show them how to do the work. Teach them how to do the work. That's what makes you a leader of the fire service. To all you black helmet leaders out there, keep doing your job. You're doing it good. Keep it up. Keep up the hard work. You're a fire department leader. Don't let anyone tell you different. This is Tyler with Help From The Line. Thanks for listening to another episode. Guys, always remember that if you need to talk or you need to reach out, you can reach out to us directly on our Instagram or Facebook page at Help From The Line. You can get a hold of us at our email, helpfromtheline at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to the following resources. You can reach out to the Crisis Text Line. To start texting a counselor, you're going to want to, you're going to, want to text START or HELP to 741741. That's START or HELP to 741741. For law enforcement, this is law enforcement only, you can hit the cop line. 1-800-267-5463. one 267 5463 You can call safe now. 24-7 helpline staffed by first responders for first responders and their family members. 1-206-459-3020. one 206 459 3020. There's also the Fire and EMS Helpline. I'm going to have all of these in the description 1 888 731 3473. That's the Fire and EMS Helpline 1 888 731 3473. And never forget the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 1 800 273 8255. 1 800 273 8255. Five. Again, guys, this is Tyler with help from the line. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.